Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. Another one of those stories sent to me by everybody, and this is an outrage uh, from Atlanta and the Atlanta Black Star, but widely reported in many news outlets. Yasmin Freightman wrote this version of it. Didn't state who he was. Federal drug agents seized millions from passengers at Atlanta Airport while posing as regular travelers in plain clothes in cold consent encounters. And I talked a little bit about this previously where people were literally boarding a plane. And as they're lined up to get on the plane, someone's walking back through the line, checking people out and pulling people out of that line. And there ain't a lot of room there to pull people out and saying, hey, can I go through your stuff? Now, you've already been through TSA. You've already passed the gate agent. And now somebody's going, can I check your stuff? Who are they? And what rights do they have to do that? Well, it turns out they could be DEA if you're in Atlanta. Catching many travelers off guard is a new practice being stealthily carried out by drug agents dressed as plainclothes passengers in Atlanta. They're randomly searching people they suspect are transporting drug money. At least that's what they say. That's what they say. So Atlanta News First Investigates had reporters who were actually going around, and this is pretty interesting, they caught this on film, tailing Drug and Enforcement Administration Task Force officers at Hartsfield-Jackson International as they worked to track down potential drug mules making their way through various terminals. Atlanta Black Star also covered the claim of comedians Eric Andre and Clayton English, I talked about them a while back, who said they were racially profiled by police and questioned about drugs at the airport on separate occasions in 2021 and 2020. Unsuspecting travelers never realized these were actually federal drug agents until they were approached by one at their gates. So here's one person talking. He just approached me and asked me for my ID. Now, this man is a film director, speaking to Atlanta News First. He didn't state who he was. He just asked me for ID. I thought he was a Delta agent. So the guy thought he was working for the airline. He was wearing airport credentials, so I gave it to him. Now, the man's based in Atlanta was heading to L.A. for a film project when a group of task force officers walked up to him and asked if they could search his carry-on luggage, and they're doing this in front of other passengers at the gate. The officers didn't find anything illegal, but during the search, they asked if he was high. They also asked if he was carrying any drugs or cash. And uh, it turns out it's not just the DEA walking around Hartsfield-Jackson in plain clothes. Clayton County narcotics officers are also in on the action because some are reportedly cross-sworn as DEA task force officers. So Hollywood actors and comedians Gene Ellie, Andre, and English were stopped by the agents on a jet bridge of separate ATL to LAX flights, and their belongings were searched in front of other passengers. Flights from Atlanta to Los Angeles are routinely monitored by officers who call them known drug trafficking routes. So if you've ever flown from Atlanta to Los Angeles or vice versa, uh, you were on a known drug trafficking route. Were you trafficking drugs? Were you? The suit was filed by Andre and English, who not only claimed the searches were neither random nor consensual, they also included Clayton County data that revealed 56% of jet bridge stops involved black passengers, and 68% were passengers of color. The uh, DEA stopped collecting race data 20 years ago. A federal judge dismissed the lawsuit last month, arguing in part the two men should have realized they were free to walk away and not engage with the officers in the jetway. The men are appealing this missile. So imagine this for a moment. You're on the the, the walk into the airplane, the jet right there. Okay, there's there's the door. There's the captain and a steward or stewardess waiting to greet you. You're walking down there. 
A guy walks up to you and goes, can I see some ID? I want to search your baggage. You're free to walk away. Where are you going to go? You can't go to the side. You can't go to that side. You don't want to go back because you want to get on that plane. And you can't walk faster onto the plane because there's already a slow motion thing to get onto the plane. Where are you going to go? But you're free to walk away. You should have known that. And I understand you're going to say, but Steve, what you mean here is you're free to disengage. So there's two guys with badges saying, can we check your stuff? And you go, no. Are you going to do that when there's 50 people behind you, knowing full well that everybody's seeing this, and if you say no, they're going to start discussing it with you, i.e. arguing with you, and now you got people behind you mad at you. So this is not a typical situation where somebody just walks up to you randomly and just kind of looks through your stuff. Because generally speaking, someplace else you might do it. The reason they do it in that jetway is specifically because they know that your mindset is such that you're trying to get through there and anything you're asked, you're likely to consent to, to keep it moving. They know that's true. So the searches may not be popular, but they are profitable, at least for those conducting them. Clayton County records and federal documents show that drug agents find large amounts of cash on passengers at departing gates. Now, they're not finding a lot of drugs, but they're finding a lot of cash. Now, why would anybody bring cash on vacation? I, this is, I, I got to admit, that's a, that's a real quandary. Agents have seized millions of dollars, and while travelers aren't arrested, their money is administratively forfeited. Like most civil forfeiture cases, people who have their money taken must prove in court their money isn't connected to drug trafficking or other illegal activity. Seizures like these don't just happen at the airport. They're taking place at airports across the country. Most travelers are unclear of their rights when it comes to airport searches. In order to be admitted entry to the airport's gated areas, of course, you must go through TSA. Everyone knows that. However, the random searches by DEA agents give passengers pause, but it should be noted that they're not mandated. The DEA officially calls it stops and searches at airports, cold consent encounters, and passengers are free to end the encounter and walk away if they'd like. But they don't tell you that. They just walk up and go, can we search your stuff? If you say yes, they go, well, you consented. We asked, and you said yes. Most people don't consider that an actual honest and open consent. Others who have been searched at their boarding gates said they felt coerced, pressured, or only gave consent under duress. One passenger recorded one of these encounters that showed a DEA agent using some coercive tactics. You're either going to sign a consent form saying you're allowing us to search, the drug agent is heard saying, or I'm going to detain them run my dog on it, and get a search warrant. So you're waiting to get on a plane. The plane's going to leave. And the guy's saying, if you don't give me consent, I'm going to go and get a dog and do this kind of thing. It's going to take time. And you'll miss your flight, obviously. He didn't say that, but that's implied. The passenger then agreed to sign the consent form. No drugs were found, but the agents found some money. Weird. Which they seized. Atlanta News first reported, that that money was taken. The passenger was allowed to board his flight, and the federal government kept the money. The passenger has since filed a claim with the federal court in Atlanta trying to get his money back. And so this right here is the scourge of our nation right now, these civil asset forfeitures for cash. Um, and I've been talking about this on my channel now for four or five years. Uh, I talk about the Institute for Justice. They do a lot of fighting on this particular issue. They're not actually involved in this one, as far as I know, um, but they're involved in many others. And there's so much of it going on right now. And so what needs to happen is these cases, two things, need to be publicized. People need to hear about this. I still meet people who go, this can't be happening. It's not happening. This is made up or I've never heard of that before. 
Well, if you haven't heard of this by now, okay, get out more often. But number two, once more people know about it, we got to agitate to make things change. So it's going to take one of two things to make this change. Legislation can change it. That is, legislatures could pass laws outlawing it. But the problem is some states have, some states have not, but the feds still consider it open season on travelers with cash. So the federal laws have got to change. But that's probably not going to happen in our lifetime because the feds make so much money doing this, they view it as a source of income. So if you've got a good source of income and someone comes along and says, you should pass a law to outlaw that source of income, eh, it's not going to happen. So it's going to take the Supreme Court to actually rule on this. And I know that there have been cases that have been brought before the U.S. Supreme Court on things similar to this, but as of right now, they still need to rule on it. And the problem we have is that the idea of forfeiture goes back hundreds of years, the general idea. But it made sense at one point, you know, uh, in certain circumstances. And, you know, when you're going to law school, you'll read a case entitled, for instance, 39 Barrels of Whiskey. And you go, what, how, huh? wait, <laughs> the United States government versus 39 Barrels of Whiskey. How are Barrels of Whiskey litigating a case? And it turns out there was some situation where there was a, a ship in a, in a harbor someplace. Um, a ship lies rigged and ready in the harbor. Um, and uh, tomorrow... For old England, she sails. But it turns out that, that the ship got abandoned because it got raided, uh, a different song. And um, when the officers came on board, they found contraband there. So they seized the contraband, but they can't find the owner or the master of the ship. So what do they do? Well, they bring an action against the stuff they seized. But that was a common occurrence in certain circumstances, quite often with, with, with pirate bootlegging type activities. That was one. And there have been others. Where they, where they come upon something that nobody is willing to stand up and fight for, so they bring an action against the thing itself. And so the weird part here is that when you're getting onto a plane and they stop you and they take all the cash that you're bringing on vacation with you, they know whose it is, you know whose it is, and they can't say, well, this is the same as the money abandoned on a ship rigged and ready in the harbor uh, because this, we took this off a live person. We know whose it is. And so instead of them bringing an action to take the money from you, they go, you got to bring an action to get the money back. And I know that legally speaking, this is not what it all hinges on. But in my mind, this is actually the most obvious argument. And that is that in America, you are presumed innocent until you're proven guilty. And yet, when they take your money from you, you are presumed guilty until you can prove your innocence. But they say, you're not proving your innocence. You're proving the money's innocence. That's stupid. That's stupid. And that is a problem. So this needs to change. And this right here shows you the fact that we've been talking about this now for five years on this channel, that it's getting worse. It ain't getting better. It's getting worse. And the reason it's getting worse is because there's nothing stopping it. And so it needs to be stopped. So if you get a chance to talk to a legislator, tell them how you think this should be changed. Uh, if you feel inclined to write to a legislator, do that as well. But also, it's going to take somebody like the Institute for Justice or some other big organization pushing one of these cases to the U.S. Supreme Court and making a big spectacle of it to where everyone's going to go, oh my gosh, that still happens? That should not happen. So if you're ever in an airport boarding a plane and someone walks up to you, the badge is, can I look at your stuff? You have to say no. No, I'm sorry. TSA already went through it. I'm good. See ya. Now, they claim that you're free to walk away. 
But remember, the other guy said that the guy said, well, if you don't sign this consent form, I'm going to haul you off this flight and make you miss your flight. At that point, you got a decision to make. Let them search your stuff and take your money and you miss your flight or you don't miss your flight or how does the equation work? I don't know. So it's sad, but a lot of people sent me this story. Thank you very much. It's a great story in terms of something we all need to hear about. But here's the version of the Atlanta Black Star. Yasmin Freitman wrote it, but widely reported that this is happening in Atlanta as well as other major airports. Didn't state who he was. Federal drug agents seize millions from passengers at Atlanta Airport while posing as regular travelers in plain clothes in cold consent encounters. See, if you give it a euphemistic name like that, it doesn't sound so bad. It's a cold consent encounter. How bad can that be? Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Leto's Law. A man can succeed at almost anything for which he has unlimited enthusiasm.